the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together and uh, a lot to talk about. In a few moments, we will get an update from Michigan, Michigan, the great state of Michigan, where they have a pro-life fight on their hands. Um, probably one of the most important we've seen in the country. And uh, our, my friend James Muffet, a new friend of mine, uh, will give us an update on what's going on in Michigan. And also, we will talk to, very uh, excited to hear from Heather Wilson. She's one of the founders of GiveSendGo.com, the, um, well, the overtly Christian founder, Heather Wilson, uh, and founding the group that started it uh, of a crowdfunding website, Give, Send, Go. But as I w- uh, did my research, they don't try to just serve Christians. They serve because they're Christians. They serve anybody. And uh, that's the difference maker when you look at the other sites that are pressured. Uh, the, the, they pull down things. If you go to a GoFundMe and you got the wrong political ideology, bam, you'll get pulled down. And sometimes you'll lose your money. I know you'll certainly lose access to your money for a long time. So anyway, we'll talk with uh, Heather Wilson, the founder, co-founder of GiveSendGo.com and hear from her on why they're doing what they're doing and how important it is. I think it's really important. So uh, look forward to that. Okay, well, let's let's pause, though. We need to pause to talk about something that has become uh, quite extraordinary. And what you need to know is that there are a lot of people who are either really unwell or they're very sick, meaning uh, or very um, uh, duplicitous and, um, frankly, evil. And I think they're more sick than evil. So here's an example. Uh, Sam Harris has gotten a lot of attention for both saying on an interview and then reaffirming in an email text or a a tweet, a a multi-tweet thread, that he believes... It's worth any conspiracy to stop Donald Trump, whether it's, you know, denying access to the Hunter Biden laptop, whether it's uh, being disingenuous about things. He Sam Harris said that is what you have to do, because Donald Trump is such a threat to the world, to America. He was backed up on that by none other than Michael Hayden, General Hayden, who was one of the senior intelligence officials. And as he described in his tweet, when he backed up this kind of messaging, Hayden said, I was the CIA director. And he basically said, stopping Trump, committing a conspiracy to stop Trump was necessary. Now, we have for also, for example, uh, we have Liz Cheney, who says the number one thing she can do is not, I don't know, um, policy-driven, is not, it's stop Donald Trump because he's an existential threat to the republic. Now, when when you hear those three people, but all three of them pretty smart, pretty successful, very successful, actually. I don't know how smart they are to know. I've never met any of them, but I've seen them speak. I've seen them write. I've seen them succeed, and they're very successful. They can't be dummies, and yet they hold positions that seem like, crazy it's one thing i know friends that say you know i just don't like trump 
I don't like his policies. I'm not somebody who thinks we should uh, be so hardline on the border. I'm not somebody who thinks that uh, we should be so um, uh, difficult on uh, uh, or using tariffs, all that kind of stuff. Right. There's lots of I have friends that have substantive reasons that they disagree with Trump, but they're not so over the top that they think Donald Trump is an existential threat to the republic. And to be clear, even by having this conversation, I'm sort of feeding into their mindset because it's kind of like the old uh, uh, terrible uh, adage, you know, when did you stop beating your wife? If you have to answer the question, you've got a problem, right? You, 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 you should reject the premise. We should all reject the premise. I don't even think that Joe Biden is a threat, an existential threat to the American Republic, but certainly I don't think Trump is. At every turn, Trump was hemmed in by his own party, by the other party, by the media. But somehow, and here's what I know, and here's what you need to know. When you see smart people, successful people brainwashed, like the Michael Hayden and Liz Cheney and Sam Harris, you realize that there are tens of millions of people that have gone along. And, and what you need to know is the enemy of the republic is not Liz Cheney or Sam Harris or Michael Hayden. Although each of them is emblematic of a problem. Liz Cheney is an emblematic of a problem of elected officials. Michael Hayden is emblematic of a problem of the deep state. Sam Harris is emblematic of the problem of the sort of chattering classes, the media broadly. He's kind of a media character. But that's not, none of those are the threat. The threat to this nation is the fake news, is the narrative machine. It's the creation of a narrative, a money-making narrative. It makes money for the media. It makes money for big tech. And the narrative machine, the enemy of this republic, is that problem, is the creation. Who created Liz Cheney? Who sustained Sam Harris and Michael Hayden? It's the media and big tech that has that gets a benefit from getting people agitated, that makes money from making people crazy. That's what you're seeing. This is the fruit, the fruit of the broken media and big tech, the fruit of this destructive fake news. That's a better way. The fake because the fake news comes from big tech and big media, both. The destructive impact of fake news is tens of millions of Americans who believe that Donald Trump is an existential threat to the United States, is some kind of Hitler. And there, if you believe that, if you came to believe that, you would have to act like Liz Cheney, which on just landing from the moon, you'd say Liz Cheney's acting like a lunatic. To land from the moon, you'd say Michael Hayden is acting like a lunatic. Sam Harris, a lunatic. But if you know that the fake news industrial complex has as its as its it's it's the fruit that it creates it's a rotten fruit but the fruit that grows from the fake news tree is a rotten fruit and it's a rotten fruit of people who are devastated and terrified and it is evil that the fake news does that it the evil that is being done by the fake news is is not minor it's not a disagreement over what the best color is or whether we should use this word or that word. It's a disagreement. It's a, it's a clash of good versus evil. And let me, again, defend. I, I don't mind if you don't like Trump's policies. I don't mind if you don't like Republican policies. You may not like more conservative judges. 
you can disagree, but to make to be able to get from the point of disagreeing on policy to the feeling that someone else is evil, that's the fake news. And that fake news has done that. And whether it's unfair to Michael Hayden and Liz Cheney and Sam Harris, who make a great living and have you know life and job security from what they do, there's tens of millions of Americans, probably more like 100 million Americans, that don't have the security, don't have the comfort that those people have. And it's devastating. It's devastating and terrifying. All at once. All right, we got to run. That's what you need to know. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. We got a lot coming back. Uh, important interviews upcoming. We will again, as I mentioned, we'll talk with the founder of Give Send Go, uh, Heather Wilson, as well as a very interesting interview with James Muffet coming out of Chicago. Excuse me, Michigan. Be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I told you a few weeks ago, and it's I'm embarrassed, uh, I've been talking with him off the air, that a friend of mine, Michael Mike Cronkite, who, Cronkite, who's a great lawyer and a great pro-life uh, battler and a good friend now, he and I worked together on some of the January 6th prisoners, and uh, he mentioned a friend of his, James Muffet, and he said, you got to talk to him about what's happening in Michigan. It took me more weeks than I should admit to get him, but finally I've got him, and James is joining us now. He is uh, currently the CEO, uh, and I've been there for... Uh, I almost said centuries, decades, citizens for, <laughs> citizens for traditional values up in Michigan. So welcome, James, to the program. How are you? Hey, thanks, Ed, for having me, man. Before I get to uh, the, what's happening in Michigan, which is so important, and I promise we'll dedicate some uh, most of our time to it, you told me off the air a story of you and the late Phyllis Schlafly and the ERA fight. Now, you're dating yourself to tell this story, but, but the ERA fight went from the early 70s through the first few years of no, the 1980s. Tell us that quick story about you and, uh, and the uh, ERA fight and uh, Phyllis Schlafly, please. Oh, that was uh, amazing. That was sort of my first little dabble in politics. Um, I was a pastor at the time. I had recently come to Christ, and I came to Christ out of a pretty rough, uh, drug-addicted, suicidal, depressed, you know, college hippie dropout kid. Met the Lord, had my life changed, and a few years later, moved up to Illinois to help start a, a campus ministry there at the University of Illinois. Anyway, during that time, I had some friends who were very involved in the uh, movement against the ERA, and they said, man, we need help in uh, collecting signatures in Illinois um, uh, against this amendment. And they told me all about it, and I said, well, you know, maybe I can help. So I ended up taking, I think, 30 days or a month or something, and I moved up to Chicago and stayed in the basement of uh, one of Phyllis's friends who was working on this, and they said, can you get us signatures from past and churches in the in the Illinois Chicago area and I think I I was in probably 25 30 I don't know tons of churches during that time and um, and collected I think 10,000 signatures and when it came time to have the debate in the Illinois legislature um, Phyllis and uh, her daughter and a few others were supposed to share with the legislature why this was it was a joint session of the of the, of the, of the Illinois legislature both the House and the Senate and she asked me, because I got all these signatures, would I be willing to, to say a few words, you know? So right. huh. I, I said yes, and she gave her speech, and her daughter gave her speech, and I was asked to go up there. And it's so funny. I, I knew so little about politics at the time. All I knew was, you know, this is a bad thing. And so I, I ended <laughs> up uh, having everybody bow their heads, and I prayed for them. <laughs> My testimony was 
My testimony was a prayer that God would give them wisdom to make the right choice. <laughs> wow. Well, and you know the fa- and you know and you know uh, you know this. The famous um, uh, Phyllis would tell the story. The famous um, vote in Illinois where they beat back the ERA. One of the yep. uh, one of the proponents of the ERA said came and did an interview with the uh, National Evening News and said there was something against us today. And it, and I don't <laughs> and, and I don't mean anything earthly or some phrase like that. And and and, and so maybe that was maybe that was you so uh, all right so uh Jay- I had, listen i had two legislators come up afterwards shook my hand and said we're christians and he goes they said no one has ever done that before. So- <laughs> good for you good for you well uh, that 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 if i can say that was one of phyllis schlafly's great gifts was she she got people that were interested got them motivated and then they went for it and a number of people that succeeded and you know and, and came out of her uh, sort of confidence in them and 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 getting there it's a uh, it was um you know uh, ready uh ready aim fire i mean you know just go yeah. go go sometimes That's ready it. fire ready, sometimes sometimes it was ready fire aim so, all right, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, tell me a lot of coverage of Kansas a few a week ago or so, a week or so ago uh, that the people there voted and, and they were they were sold a bill of goods, in my opinion, about what they were voting for. And so it, it, to the media, the national media said, look at that. All these Kansans who say they're conservative and Christian and they vote for all these conservatives. And yet they voted to uh, enshrine abortion rights. And it's not none of that is true. It's just a spin of the national media. But underlying it was a lot of money spent to confuse voters, in my opinion, and to get people to vote. Tell me, James, what is happening in Michigan? It's on the ballot in the fall and who the parties are, the players, the combatants in this fight about life. Yeah, well, we're going to be we're going to be voting not on a law in Michigan. We're going to be voting on a proposed constitutional amendment to our state constitution. And the backstory is that Michigan has a 1931 law that outlaws all abortions except to save the life of the mother. One of the most conservative or pro-life laws in the country that's on a hold right now by a federal or by a state judge who was a contributor to Planned Parenthood. And she failed to recuse herself when she put that law on hold. Anyway, that's a different story. But uh, Planned Parenthood and the... well, let me let me pa- let me pause, James, and say one yeah. thing because you and I talk yeah. too much, and sometimes our listeners won't know. Uh, all across the country, they're listening. Michigan has a law from the 1930s that bans abortion. It was passed, right. it was signed, it's on the books. Right. Your own attorney right. general, who's a Democrat liberal woman, said she won't enforce the law, which is another problem all to itself. But but Michigan right today stands with a hardcore pro-life law that the people passed, the people's representatives passed, and was signed. That's why, in part, it's a target. Now, please continue. Sorry. Big time. And just so you know, to add to that, in 1972, there was a ballot question to nullify the 1931 law, and it failed 60 to 40. And a few months later, Roe versus Wade was passed, which nullified that law effectively. So but that law is still in the books, never been overturned, and it was upheld by a vote of the people in 72. So now brings us up to the fast forward. Roe versus Wade is getting ready to be overturned. They said we're going to do a ballot question to put a constitutional amendment. At the same time, the governor filed suit against um, uh, the 1931 law saying it was unconstitutional. It was uh, unconstitutional law, and at the same time, they're doing a ballot question to add it to the constitution. Talk about having it both ways. Right. Um, they went out and they raised a boatload of money, and uh, up until the leak about the Roe versus Wade decision, the Dobbs decision, they yeah. were floundering getting decisions. And I heard the other day from a lawyer who is tracking this 
that probably 75% of their signatures came after that. Hmm. The other side got inflamed and they went out and scared everybody and said, oh, my gosh, they're going to take away your freedom. So anyway, that's what happened. They got enough signatures. It looks like if the Board of Canvassers does what we all think they're going to do, you need 450,000 valid signatures for a constitutional amendment. They got close to 800,000. Well, if you were in Los Angeles, as you know, they 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 were able to figure out how to strike a whole bunch of them so that they didn't recall the the crazy prosecutor there. But I, I, your point is the power is in the hands of uh, the liberals at this point. So any real yep. scrutiny is going to now I, I want to pause. Well, we're doing the we're doing the scrutiny. I mean, oh, the scrutiny is happening. We're looking at them very deeply to see is there because there's three a uh, uh, bunch of ca- uh, gubernatorial candidates that pa- had paid circulators that got kicked off the Michigan ballot this year. Of course, because they didn't have enough ballots signatures right. so they're looking at it very hard <laughs> to make sure that we you know are not going to they're not going to get a free pass but that's yeah. just a big hurdle to overcome when you have that big of a cushion right right um now again we're talking with uh, uh james muffet and, and and he's at uh he's at his website by the way i don't know if i said it's ctv michigan that's citizens for traditional values you can l- learn more there about his work and what's happening but the the proponents of this if you go to um the website the one one of the ones that i was sent um and it's of course, reproductive freedom for all is pictures of all these wonderful, you know, uh, attractive people and all this stuff. But the, the money's coming from the ACLU. It's coming from Planned Parenthood and then another group right. called Michigan Voices. But I- I- explain to me what you know about the money, because it's public. Some of the statements, I think, that Planned Parenthood said about how much they're willing to spend. Yeah, uh, they have said on this campaign they're willing to spend upwards of 40 million dollars. Wow. Because this is a benchmark for them. This is the tipping point because Michigan is a purple state, because we have the most, uh, you know, pro-life law in the country. So this is a bellwether for them. And, um, they, you know, our side, um, you know, Citizens Supporting um, Women and Children, that's the name of our website. And we have to we're, we're hoping to raise 25 million because this. This uh, proposal is so egregious. It is so over the top. It is so beyond the pale that um, we're hoping that if we can raise enough money to actually help educate Michigan citizens on what this law really does, that they will reject it. But that's a tall order, and we're going to work hard at it. Uh, again, uh, James Buffett. James, where would people that care about this? I mean, you, you, I'll put it up on social media, but describe where people should go to find out the truth. Oh, and by the way, let me pause. Before you do that, you can come back or you can answer that, too. But uh, my, my um, ADHD is kicking in. But he, here's the thing. <laughs> uh, uh, the re- also, the reason why Michigan is so important is because there are there's a contested governor's race with a wildly unpopular governor who was really terrible in the lockdown stuff that left her own devices. I mean, again, remember, this is a turnout mechanism when you when you go into a state like this, spend $40 million. I often tell people, James, you you can say, oh, you know, the issue is strong. People care a lot. $40 million will make people care a lot and, and, and it will move people. And so and you've also got congressional races in redrawn districts. Uh, I, you've got a Senate race. Do you have a Senate race? I think you have a U.S. Senate race, don't you? No, 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 oh, no, no, Senate, no, race. no Senate race. OK, um, just, but, gov- just governor and um, and uh, the statewide. So. OK, and, and so and governor statewide and congressional races and, uh, of course, Michigan will be a key place, a key battleground in 2024. So the the money's coming for uh, a reason, and 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 that's what's at the heart of it. So back to my, uh, you, we want to comment on that, Ken. But back to my point, where do you send people that are pro life that care to find out more about the effort? Is it to uh, to the uh, ctvmichigan.org site, or is there a better? Uh, one? We we have yeah, we have links there. That's a great place to go because we'll keep people updated and on our social media, Facebook pages and stuff like that. 
citizens for traditional values. But there's a uh, an organization that's been uh, put together. It's a it's a coalition called Citizens to Support Michigan Women and Children. That's our side of it. Uh-huh. They're lying about this being reproductive freedom. It's not. It's a license to kill. And we are there saying we support women and children. You know, and uh, the unborn are part of that. So that's where you can go. I'm looking at it right now. It's got the amendment summary. It's got members of the coalition. It's got resources, all the things that you need and what this law will do, which, as I said earlier, it's so bad. It's almost unbelievable how bad it is. Yeah, it is. um, It's amazing. All right. It wipes out. It wipes out all parental consent. It wipes out uh, doctors having to perform abortions. It takes away all penalties for botched abortions. It allows for uh, sterilization for minors without parental consent. That was a tip of the hat to the to the um, the LGBTQ movement. Uh, So they're part of this as well. They're going into the African-American community politically and scaring the heck out of them, saying your rights are next. They're going to the, you know, homosexual community saying, you know, they're going to overturn, you know, the Obergefell decision. You guys better watch out. So they're basically just scaring everybody. And uh, they are not shy about telling falsehoods and using a lot of money to do it. We, uh, James, uh, I got to run James Muffet. I'll put all up on social media. But let me say, I think, you know, one of the things that Phyllis learned in the ERA fight, which, you you know, you cut your teeth on, uh, Phyllis Schlafly, was, you know, there's going to be a couple of issues that really frame it up. And one of them in this moment, I think, is parental, you know, parental rights, parental control. You know, in in, in Virginia, where I live now, the Commonwealth, it it caught on like wildfire that uh, that one side said we don't care what the parents think we're going to do what they want and as you know um people are fed up with that between covid education crt and now you say you know we're going to be able to block you from knowing if your underage daughter is getting an abortion i mean it's it's but anyway we'll talk more i gotta run um james moffett again james moffett it's us by the way i'll put up support michigan women and children.org it's support mi women and children.org i'll put it up on social media we'll have you back again uh, james thank you Okay, thank you. God bless. All right, God bless you. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. Uh, it's Edmar. Don't forget, you can go to proamericareport.com and you can uh, see uh, all these interviews and this one with James, and I'll put the links up there too. Uh, we'll be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report, back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Now, this next interview, it's um, this is such an important topic. And I my perspective, which I've been telling my listeners about for, I don't know, four years, five years since I started doing radio, is I, I, I have run nonprofits. I have run political campaigns. I ran the Missouri Republican Party. Uh, I, I've been involved. I've advised friends that are doing it, colleagues. And one of the real stumbling blocks in the last couple of years probably five now, is when you're conservative, you find yourself dealing with what I call friction, meaning someone makes it harder for you to do the things you want to do, and sometimes dramatically so. And one of the ways is fundraising and uh, the ability to go out and say, hey, we've got this cause. Here's what we're about. By the way, it doesn't mean everybody agrees with the cause. It means that you have a cause that you're concerned about or a person that needs help. And so into that um space stepped give send go uh, as an alternative to uh, what you would find on different sites i wouldn't even bother talking about them and so our next uh, guest is one of the co-founders of give send go uh, heather wilson and uh, I'm, I'm so grateful to talk to you about this 
And Heather, before I start, you you all must have seen the hole in sort of center right or or just maybe I don't know conservative slash controversial uh, fundraising and said we're going to fill that. But it's not been easy for you even. I mean, you you you're almost like you joined the team that gets targeted. It's like being part of the the folks that are are going to be pushed around by trying to serve them, right? Sure. And, you know, to be honest, when we started Give, Send, Go eight years ago, we actually didn't know the hole that we would be filling today. (laughs) We believe it was a God thing. He knew the hole and he needed to get us ready to fill the hole. So we started Give, Send, Go about eight years ago. We had seen the other sites popping up and we thought, what a cool idea. People coming together to help people in need. Right. That's what Christians should be doing. And so we said, let's create an alternative site that allows people to come together, uh, give money to help when there's a need. And as Christians, let's also like share hope with people because we know money doesn't solve the internal needs people have. So let's share hope with people. And Gifts and Go was born and we started just walking out this this platform to be an alternative. And then a couple years ago, we showed up and we found ourselves on a battlefield. Yeah. Well, and that's interesting. Uh, by the way, I do love, I have to tell you, when I did my research on you, on your, I think it's LinkedIn, you have uh, founder, wife, mother, speaker, entrepreneur on your listing of what you do, which I love as the wife and mother especially. Um, well, and that's part of actually uh, entrepreneurs, which is also on your list. You, you start something, you see uh, how you can do it, and it, it, the market may come to you. But back to my point, you all have have also been uh, targeted. I mean, you, you, I don't I, maybe not as dramatically as some some uh, entity starts fundraising and they suddenly find that their money's frozen by one of the other services. But people try to make you into something to sort of lump you with people and make it harder for people to want to use your product. Yeah, absolutely. We have seen a lot of targeting since we've stepped into this place of saying, no, we're going to allow people the freedom to fundraise for what's important to them, even if we disagree. And we've seen our share of targeting of people wanting to take our platform down um, for allowing people like Kyle Rittenhouse when he came on to raise money for legal fees. He's lives in the United States. He should be afforded legal fees if he, you know, not just the rich people should be allowed to hire an attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we saw a Discover card issue, a, a leaked memo came out that said, we're not going to let people give on to this campaign on Give, Send, Go. Uh, and Facebook wouldn't allow people to share the link on, on Facebook. And GoFundMe's been taking campaigns down left and right just because of their own ideological bent. Right. And we're going, we're going to stand for freedom. And we're working our butts off to try to make sure that we're not dependent on these platforms that are censoring. The uh, again, we're talking with Heather Wilson, co-founder of Give, Give Send Go. Tell me about the growth in the in the. So you've been at it eight years. Tell me about the company and, and what what it looks like. What's it, where you are? Uh, what the sort of uh, trajectory is. Sure. So, you know, we, like I said, we, we used to call ourselves the alternative, um, platform and now we call ourselves the replacement because nobody can get rid of half their user base, which is what we're seeing GoFundMe do, censor half the people and still come out on top. And so we're saying we're going to step into that role, allowing people even we disagree with to be able to fundraise. And we've seen over the last year, a thousand percent growth. Over the last year, a thousand percent up from J- July of last year um, is our processing volume. Um, we're just we're just growing. People are recognizing what's happening. It's starting to be blatant. It's starting to be in your face, and and people are are getting sick of it. And alternatives and replacements are popping up. And 
we're one of them. So uh, let me ask you a different question. If I if I'm if I'm a uh, Antifa and I go to give send go, can I set up a site there? Absolutely. Even if we disagree. Now, you, you know, right. you're going to go and be have to fill out banking information. Right. Right. Make sure that you're not on terror watch list and all, all the things like you would have to be allowed to do. But, you know, you're not a fraudster who's been you right. know banned from banking institutions. But if you're raising funny uh, money for something that is legal and, and OK, then a protest, anything, then we would allow it despite our personal opinions on it. And that is really what is afforded to us in the United States. And we're seeing the other platforms not allowing that. And right. that's where the rub is. It's like, listen, I don't care that you allow Black Lives Matter to march and raise money for their funds, but then also allow the the women's, you know, a, a pro-life march Um and let them raise funds. Like, don't pick and choose one side. Let people's voices be heard. And that's really what we want to do on Gives and Go is allow people a voice. All And again, with the underlying goal of sharing hope with people, we have a team that just calls every campaign owner on Gives and Go and prays for their campaign or prays for them as they they raise money. Hmm. Um, again, we're talking with Heather Wilson and Give, Send, Go. I was just going to ask you, have you been victim of the um, the, the other the other um, very devious and, and very painful and problematic uh, a, attack from the left is I call it it's called lawfare. And so they have you been sued and tried to drag into court to say, aha, you let this happen. Therefore, that. You know, knock on wood, (laughs) we haven't been sued yet. Now, we get a lot of subpoenas for campaigns that um, people aren't happy with. We get um, we get, you know, recently. And and this is where we're walking it out now is that we get subpoenas that ask for donor information. And we say, no, we're not going to give out donor information. If you want a donor's information, you need to subpoena each donor individually, which they'll never do. They don't know. And so um, but we're saying and, and we're not going to just give out information about our users. And so we're seeing some of these signs on the wall. We have had some cease and desist things from competitors. Um, and we're just walking it out. We're saying we're going to just continue to be the best platform out there, making ourselves better, adding features that no other platforms have. And, and let the chips fall because we are walking with integrity. Um, Heather, um, you, um, what do you, so when you see the, um, now, now you've seen after eight years, the, uh, the sort of field of fundraising. And so you got a lot of people and they're saying, well, the economy's changing. It's uh, sometimes people don't want to give, how do you encourage, um, whoever's, you know, not everybody's going to be as famous as Kyle Rittenhouse, but they may have a cause where if they can raise $3,000, they can change people's lives. I, I, I work with some of the January 6th uh, prisoners families. And sometimes it's a $500 gift card that makes it possible for back to school. It changes their whole, uh, trajectory of where they are, but, but it feels like we're overwhelmed a lot. And one of the things I saw again, we're talking with Heather Wilson, one of the co-founders of Give, Send, Go. Uh, I think the phrase, and it was you that used it, but it was also described as giving people hope. Sure. Yeah. And and that is really what we do. We give people hope. Now, we allow them a platform. Like you said, people come on and off, and it's most of the time, 90, I'd say 99% <laughs> of the time, the campaigns on Give, Send, Go are for uh, medical bills or an right. adoption or something, right. you know, like a house fire, and, and the community's rallying around some situation. It's not these ones we see on the news. Right. Um, and what we do is we allow people to raise their funds, engage with their community. And because we knew that people come on Give, Send, Go often and say, 
I don't have a huge community. What we decided we were going to start is something called the Army of Givers. And we invite people to join the Army of Givers, which means that you just sign up to give once a month to any campaign on Give, Send, Go. You just commit to 12 months. I'll give 50 bucks, 10 bucks, whatever you're comfortable with. And you become part of our Army of Givers. You get invited to a big party we have um, for our army. We send you some stuff in the mail, some thank you goodies. And you're just committing to say, I will go on Give, Send, Go and give to some random campaign every month. Mm. And because we do know that there are people out there that are just struggling, maybe for that $500 gift card for for school supplies. And if you're part of the army and you go on and that one strikes your fancy and you give to someone, you might never know Mm. how it affects them. We know that if we have this army and it's growing, it's in, you know, it's just continuing to grow as we try to encourage people to be generous. And we're seeing it happen. People are generous, even with the economy, the way it is. Um, Heather Wilson, our guest, you know, I have to tell you, I've, I've listened to some of your other pl- places where you've been interviewed, podcasts and others, and you have a great, um, I, I, it, it, I'm sure it's just you, but it's a great um, style, the way you talk about what you're doing and the way you, you know, are serious about the business, but about the ministry uh, to it. It's wonderful. So thank you for doing that. Um, any last thoughts for people? Uh, we're almost out of time. You know, in order for successful platforms to rise up, People need to be using them, even if they're not as great as the alternatives. Now, good thing, go uh, Gives and Go has had years to now we are as good as the competitors, but there are other ones rising up. Use them, support them. This is how we become a voice that can be reckoned with. That's great. Thank you, Heather Wilson. We'll put it up on social media and send it out to your interview. Uh, we appreciate it. God bless your work, and we'll let's talk again soon. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Heather Wilson, everybody. We'll uh, I'll put all this up on social media. We've had such great success in uh, using her platform, Give, Send, Go, um, for uh, fundraising for the January 6th. I mentioned the prisoners and a number of other causes. It really makes it easy and you feel um, encouraged. So uh, it's great. All right. We'll take a quick break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com. It'll kick right through. You'll see all these great interviews uh, and uh, and follow up. Be right back. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Mrs. Schlafly was a courageous and articulate voice for traditional values and common sense for more than 70 years. Now continuing that legacy, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. When it comes to polling, the answers you get depend on the questions you ask. A poll from Harvard University and the Harris polling firm in the wake of the Dobbs ruling at the U.S. Supreme Court gives us a perfect illustration of this principle. The poll, which was conducted in the week following the high court's reversal of Roe v. Wade, asked a number of questions about Americans' opinions on abortion policy. A total of 1,308 registered voters were surveyed. When asked whether they opposed the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v. Wade, 55% of the respondents said that they opposed the overturning. One would think that means that Americans support court-mandated abortion on demand until viability. However, when asked whether abortion policy should be set by the Supreme Court, by the U.S. Congress, or by each individual state, only 25% said that the high court justices should be making the call. You're probably asking yourself how these two questions could coexist in the same poll. After all, one question shows clear 55% support for court-mandated abortion policy, while the other question shows only 25% support for the exact same thing. The answer lies in how the questions were asked. The left has done an amazing PR job with Roe v. Wade. They have most Americans thinking that a world without Roe is a world where women are oppressed, 
endangered, and commoditized. Yet if you confront people with what Roe actually does, namely removing the right of we the people to decide our own laws, then American voters obviously oppose it. The lessons to learn from this poll are twofold. First, don't trust polls that claim that Americans want Roe. Voters who are educated on what Roe actually is overwhelmingly rejected. The second lesson to learn is that the life-affirming community has to do a better job of education. How will people know unless we tell them what Roe means? The mainstream media certainly won't do the job for us. Rather than immediately attacking people who say they like Roe, why don't you figure out if they know what Roe actually means? You might be surprised how many allies you really have. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Our mission, clearly stated at phyllisschlafly.com, is to enable and mobilize grassroots activism on behalf of cherished conservative values. You're encouraged today to go online and read the goals we support and those we oppose. Then join us. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening and come back next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, let's finish up today with a warning. I I might do this as a segment, uh, a regular segment here on the Pro-America Report. It's a warning. What's coming? What's around the corner? I had someone tell me that. What's around the corner? The late Phyllis Schlafly used to like to say she had the ability to see what was coming, see what's around the corner. So that's maybe this segment. What's around the corner? Well, One thing you can do is look other places, look at other places and see what's happening there and get an inkling. For for example, the late Phyllis Schlafly wrote a couple of different times about the Chinese, the Chinese government's program that was called that is called Dangan. Dangan. It's a Chinese word. It basically means uh, I'm paraphrasing it or I'm I'm uh, overstating the with uh, clarifying it with uh, overstatement kind of a, a, a folder. Dangan is a kind of folder that travels with you when you're born. And there was an image on the front page of the New York Times, as I recall, and Phyllis showed me the clipping in the 1990s of a massive, massive, huge football fields, multiple football fields in size um, uh, storage shed, you know, a, a massive storage facility. And in it, were literally millions and millions, tens of millions of Dangan folders. I like to consider them as manila folder. Think about it. If you're born, you get a manila folder that has your information, put your name, where you're born on it. Well, what happened is over time, of course, in the last 35 years, since that Dangan description of a manila folder, you know, a folder about you, it became a digital folder, right? And it's well known in China that you have a digital folder, a digital identification file, that travels with you. They know exactly where everyone is. That's part of the command control over China that they do from the very beginning, from the time you're born. So you say, well, is that good or bad? Well, I mean, it is, right? But it depends on what government does with it. In China, in the case of China, it's how they track it down. It's how they build up. You know, this is where you can get the idea of a social credit score, where your file would contain a, a credit score, a score, a social credit score on what you're allowed to do or your value or whether you're a threat or you're, whether you're privileged or not. So my warning, what's around the corner, is there's a, a story a couple of days ago, early in August, from up in Canada, in Calgary, 
And the Justice Center there released a report on the digital ID that is technology that is growing in Canada. And the title of the report is Canada's Road to Beijing. And this report is very interesting. It outlines how the Chinese Communist Party, as Phyllis Schlafly said, used the Dengen, turned it into digital ID technologies, and they use it to control in China. Well, the Justice Center, which is an NGO, it's a, a conservative nonprofit, relatively conservative, has this piece that says, basically, watch out, Canada. You're seeing the growth in what is otherwise considered government maintenance of your files and things, but it's a digital ID. And my warning, what's around the corner, is the growth in the things that you will allow access to in your life by government and others become part of what's a, di- what, a kind of digital ID. So you th- you share your health records uh, on a portal. You share your, uh, your electronic records, uh, work records on portals, and they're all uh, able to be collated and pulled together becomes a digital id so what's around the corner my warning is what this justice center report talks about which is the growing use of a digital id to limit your freedom so we'll check that out we'll stay on it you can look ahead look ahead look look what's around the corner all right we got to run thank you noah dingley our great producer thank you joanna spilger associate producer and thank you for listening we'll be back tomorrow i'm ed martin it's the pro america report talk to you then America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.